is Faye Hartman, and you're listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us, a podcast series brought to you by American Rivers. In the first episode of our series on stream management plans in Colorado, we learned about how these plans fit into the context of the Colorado Water Plan. We heard about how the plans are funded, how communities are involved, And we heard inspiring stories from people working on the ground to get these plans in place. In the second episode in the series, we're diving into the details and sharing some important pro tips for those embarking on their own stream management planning endeavors. As we heard in episode one, Stream management plans are an important tool laid out in Colorado's water plan. They're designed to address and invite environmental and recreational flow needs to conversations about the future of water across the state. And we shared that every plan is as unique as the community that builds it. One thing that stands out to us is that stream management plans are so much more than just a plan. They're really all about the process. In today's episode, we'll hear from people in the thick of that process who can share what's working, what's not, and why their efforts are important. We'll start in the San Luis Valley of Southeast Colorado. The communities here in the San Luis Valley really have the desire to make the river better. There's, there's a, I think there is a deep connection and um, just overall the community is very action-oriented and making the river better. I think that goes back, there's a rich history there. The water community in the San Luis Valley has been doing kind of these planning efforts for for many years and goes back to in the late 1990s, a group of stakeholders came together uh, recognizing that the Rio Grande wasn't functioning as it had historically and got funding through the Colorado Water Conservation Board to do a study of the Rio Grande main stem on the valley floor. And that was called the Rio Grande Headwaters Restoration Project 2001 study and ultimately formed our organization as a nonprofit. There is this history of what can come from planning efforts because after that study, funding and opportunities for projects came together through the restoration project and a lot of work has been done. And I think overall, the Valley sees that we can, we can make a lot happen when we have a plan. But that was really a stream management plan before stream management plans were happening all around the state. Yeah, we like to joke that we were doing stream management plans before they were cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was Emma Resor. She's the executive director of the Rio Grande Headwaters Restoration Project. And Heather Dutton, manager of the San Luis Valley Water Conservancy District. They'll be the guides for our conversation today. And then later on in the episode, they'll be joined by the voice of Holly Loff, Executive Director of Eagle River Watershed Council. You'll probably remember her voice from episode one. The Rio Grande Headwaters Restoration Project is a nonprofit working here in the San Luis Valley to improve the health of the Rio Grande through river restoration projects and a diverse range of uh, other river improvement projects. The San Luis Valley Water Conservancy District was formed in 1949 to manage a reservoir that was never built. It's a pretty common story around Colorado that many conservancy districts share that that formation and then their project never came to fruition. And so we were dormant 
until the early 80s after the state engineer had issued rules for the, for the basin requiring new wells to have augmentation. So our district provides that service to the community where we, we own water rights and we provide augmentation for small capacity, commercial, municipal, and residential wells. Heather and Emma have been involved in a number of stream management plans in the Rio Grande Basin. Here are their stories of the stream management planning efforts happening in the San Luis Valley in southern Colorado. I feel like stream management plans are important for Colorado as a whole because it's it's an opportunity for people to engage around the conditions and opportunities to improve their rivers, but it's also an opportunity to have a community forum and, and discussions around what's going on with rivers and in many areas that hasn't happened. Yeah, so as Emma touched on, the having a plan has really helped us get projects done. And so having doing these stream management plans is helping us to set priorities and goals for our rivers. The with the Caneos River, there really hasn't been a lot of planning. And so this is an opportunity for us to look at this river. And, and set some really ambitious goals and priorities. And the same with Sawatch Creek. They have, they have different characteristics, but they, they hadn't been studied before in this manner. The Rio Grande had quite a few plans, and so the stream management plan effort is a lot of tying it all together. And so then the benefits of having these plans is, is building off of the successes of the 2001 study and where we've seen huge opportunities to get funding and to get really important projects done, but then also incredible community buy-in and, and people saying that we have this document, it's science-based, and we can get behind it and, and we want to implement it. it. It takes away any room for there to be controversy or, or disagreement because the science is so sound and, and so thoughtful. And so any time that we can set these priorities and big goals for our rivers and, and then see them through and have, have these projects completed with the positive outcomes, that definitely improves the whole valley and our local economies because the rivers here are the backbones for our agriculture community and also for our recreation community. And, and really we have an incredible economy based around the ecology that this area offers. And so we see we see incredible migratory birds and really robust fishing industries and, and people love to come and, and see those, those animals and, and fish our rivers. And so anything that we can do to improve the rivers helps the whole valley. Yeah, so we're, we are doing stream management planning on the Rio Grande the entire Rio Grande from the headwaters to the state line, and then on Sawatch Creek, um, and then also on the Caneos, which is the biggest tributary to the Rio Grande. And each of those those streams and the stream management planning process has really been the same for each of those. We're following the same methodologies for the science and the, the data collection and the conditions assessment, having stakeholder meetings and, and going about the planning process the same way, but each of the communities around the rivers are different. And so the values and goals that have been developed through those stakeholder processes is gonna look different for each stream. And, and just the, 
conditions around the streams are different. And so the Rio Grande, like Heather said, there's al already a lot of data and planning that's been done, but this stream management plan takes all of that and really looks at the river as a whole from the headwaters all the way down to the state line, which allows us to have these bigger conversations about the, the river as a whole, not just looking at the valley floor or the headwaters, but seeing how those, are, those things are connected. Um, and it really is, the Rio Grande's probably the one that has um, the biggest focus on recreation um, in terms of projects and opportunities, because that already is a, a, where the most of the recreation in the valley is. There's also a lot of incredible opportunities to both protect what we have and make it more accessible and better. And then it also, the Rio Grande Stream Management Plan really is building on that momentum that's already going. There's been a lot of projects and efforts underway and the stream management plan builds on those and looks how we can continue in the future. Whereas the Caneos and Swatch Creek, these are the first plans really that have looked at the whole stream. And so it's, it's starting from scratch in some ways and really um, it, it's really exciting to see how the projects and goals that are coming out of those. On the Caneos, there's a lot of focus on infrastructure improvements, on river restoration, stream bank stability, as well as opportunities, opportunities to improve aquatic flows. Um, and then the Swatch Creeks is really different because there's no on-channel reservoirs. And so the flows on the, those streams on Swatch Creek aren't controlled uh, by a reservoir. So there's not a whole lot of flexibility or opportunities to change flows but there are a lot of opportunities to improve infrastructure and river restoration, riparian areas, and, and through those projects, improve the health of the river. And so each one's uh, really quite different because the communities around them are, are different. So what have they learned? In the following section, we're going to provide a quick lightning session of lessons learned from Heather and Emma, as well as from Holly Law, who's currently working on the Eagle River Community Water Plan. We heard from her in episode one. The first lesson, your team matters. Across the board, people involved with stream management planning processes say it is critical to learn from those who have come before and to build a strong coordination team and project leader from the outset. The stream management planning process really started with our basin roundtable. We talked about it as at a roundtable meeting. I think maybe Nicole Seltzer came down and presented on stream management plans. And in response, we formed a subcommittee to talk about what stream management planning could look like here in the basin. And through that committee, which had people from all, all backgrounds, recreation, environmental, agricultural, water user groups, we talked about which rivers were a priority. And that's how we really came to go big or go home <laughs> to doing the Rio Grande, Canoes, and Swatch Creek. And part of the reason we chose those rivers was because those communities had champions. And they had already people invested and active and making sure to, that they can move those stream management plans forward and to help us move them forward. And so I would say my advice to communities wanting to start, start that process is to make sure you do have those champions and those people on the ground. And I, I think what we found to be so successful is having having a coordinator who is just having Daniel. No. <laughs> <laughs> having a coordinator who 
is willing to go out and be at all the meetings and understanding, truly understanding all the diverse perspectives. Lesson two, stakeholders are the linchpin of this process. Sometimes you have to get creative about getting them to the table. We launched all of this, I think, in a really unique way and that was really helpful to us. Um, And that was to, we hired an outside facilitator, which I know a lot of groups have done. But then before we ever even asked anyone to come to the table, we um, sectioned the groups off into, you know, we had an agriculture group, we had um, a local conservation group, group, (laughs) um, and then a recreation group. And they all met on the phone with just that facilitator. And everyone in those different meetings that were broken out by group were asked the exact same questions as all the other groups. But they were able to open up a little bit more and also able to ask questions about the process and what we were really undertaking without feeling uncomfortable with who was listening. And then shortly thereafter, we pulled all of those people together in the room um, for the day and uh, worked through what we had discovered through those phone calls um, with the small groups. And I think that that was really effective in getting more people to come to the table and feel like they understood and feel like they could ask questions without feeling ignorant of what a stream management plan was or without feeling like they were ostracizing anyone in the room because they knew more. So it just was a really good way to launch the process. I'm really hopeful about the way that we're expanding our community engagement. Um, We started off trying to engage the community by asking the community to attend meetings. I mean, all of us that work in the water world just think that Um, coming in the evening and having a conversation about water is just so incredibly exciting and um, apparently to the greater community that's not the case. Um, So we realized that we needed to do something to make it uh, really enticing and instead of asking people to come to us we realized we needed to go to them. We've seen here the incredible power of just getting diverse water users and diverse interests around the table and not only understanding just what everybody's doing and why they're doing it, but then seeing areas where our interests and priorities overlap and where we can be better together. Partnerships that existed and have formed as a result of this process are, have been critical to its success and also an exciting outcome of the project to to get people together and again to have people understanding more about what the different groups priorities are and and where we can work together on things. We've had a really diverse group of of folks working on it. We've had the agencies involved, which has been incredibly helpful and exciting. The U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management as the main landowners in the headwaters of these streams have been really active. And then Colorado Parks and Wildlife has been to all the meetings and has has had you know a lot of additional meetings with our stream management plan coordinator to really dive into aquatic habitat conditions and opportunities and recommended flows and then we've had a lot of engagement with our landowners and our farmers and ranchers and the recreation community and these people have they've been willing to serve on our technical advisory team so we structured the process in a way that we have a coordinator and then he He goes and does all the groundwork and works with the different consultants and then brings back his 
data and recommendations to the technical team who review it to make sure that they feel it's appropriate and it's it represents the conditions that they've observed on the ground. It's been really amazing too to see the different the conservation district and conservancy districts have have obviously been at the table because we we're huge proponents of this project, but then the divisional water resources have the river and so it's just been really great to see local individuals, but then also all of these agencies coming together around this plan and seeing that their involvement is critical to making sure that it's a quality document, but then they also have a lot to gain from it too, because when we get to implementing, then then we'll turn around and, and improve things in a way that improves improves their interests too. Lesson three, funding matters. You have to be strategic about it. Let's hear from Holly. Funding from Colorado Water Conservation Board or CWCB, which is a state agency, um, really has been critical to us creating our stream management plan. Um, But that said, an important aspect of that grant is that you have to have a match. And I think that that has been really important. Um, I mean, sure, it would have been a lot easier if they just gave us all the money, but um, I think that it really helped with the stakeholder engagement piece because from the very beginning, before we even really were doing the work, we had to go to our stakeholders. We first had to identify who the the stakeholders were going to be, and then we had to approach them and let them know what we were working on and get them to commit their time to it and also um, commit to providing some funding for it. And we, I believe that a third of our funding overall came from our stakeholders, which I really think is um, a testament to how much our community believes in the plan and really wants to see um, a valuable plan come out the other side and that they're willing to to commit not just their time, but their money to it. So, um, yeah, without CWCB, it wouldn't have been possible, but it also, it wouldn't have been possible without our stakeholders either. Um, and then my other piece of advice, advice would be um, that you budget enough money for community outreach. Um, we actually are having to return to CWCD and our stakeholders to ask for additional funding for engagement. Uh, It's been hard to get folks to come um, to meetings and um, we are expanding our engagement. We're offering lunch. We are um, trying to bring in really dynamic speakers and all of that costs money. And so just plan ahead for the marketing and great speakers and food and maybe beer. Um, to help get people in the door. Lesson four, build a strong scientific foundation. Here's some more insight from Heather and Emma. That the process of stream management planning um, inherently brings diverse interests together. You have to have those stakeholders at the table, but it's it's more than, more than just stakeholders at the table. It, there's the science process too. So it's like a science-based science-based process that involves the human community and around understanding each other's needs and concerns and then using the data to help come up with these creative solutions and stream management plan 
planning around the state and here in the Valley has brought people together to do just that. I think that's super important. We're being very focused on being science-based. And so there's not opportunities for, for one group to have a louder voice than the other with, with a different viewpoint because it's, it's as unbiased as possible. And that science will serve us well when we come, come towards implementing the plan. And finally, our last lesson. Lesson five, go big or go home. Going big can mean something different for everyone. It's a big process, and it involves a lot of parts and personalities. But the experts say you got to go all in for it to be worth it. Go big or go home, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Do it all. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's so important to understand your local community and the feel of it using that local knowledge and, and having, spe- making sure that you're spending lots of time with the stakeholder engagement so important. Thank you for listening to We Are Rivers, conversations about the rivers that connect us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and comment. A big thank you to our interviewees that participated in today's episode, Holly Loth, Heather Dutton, and Emma Resor. This episode was written and produced by Paige Buono and Faye Hartman with support from American Rivers. To learn more about American Rivers, visit us on the web at www.americanrivers.org. See you next time.